2: terms and conditions apply
0: you ready to check your feelings at the door check it out check it
3: out
2: this is am i ryster or am i
4: Raw? we're bringing you facts and only the truth now am i ryster or am i Raw? one of our last shows with ralph as still a member of the arizona community Lincoln Riley suddenly has core beliefs about transfers since his quarterback Chandler Morris wants to leave. Daniel Snyder is buying a minority. I was buying out all the minority owners of the Washington football team. Does this mean he will keep the team forever and doom Washington fans to a life of misery or will he sell it to Jeff Bezos? Krispy Kreme and the Miami Heat are incentivizing people to be vaccinated. Is this pushing us closer to mandating vaccines, vaccine cards, and all of these things? Uh, The NCAA Women's Tournament, their travel parties are are counting because there's a certain number of people that you can travel Are babies and infants who the mothers are feeding count? How ridiculous is this? Uh, our canceler consequence, and of course, the best of social media. He's Ralph Ams, I'm George Reister, and this is Reister or Wrong. Make sure that you download the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, but most importantly, share and leave a five-star review. Um, And listen to us as well on the Pac-12 Apostles College Football Podcast and meet Fox Sports Radio Sundays 2 p.m. Pacific and Mad Dogs Sports Radio Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Ralph, you, you before we get started, you upgraded today, dude. Congratulations, buddy!
3: Yeah, I, I went down to the T-Mobile store. Uh, now that I got my, I got my vaccine, so I'm I'm out. I'm moving about. Uh, and we got the uh, the the iPhone 12. I went from the eight to the 12. Skipped four generations. I don't even know how this thing works yet. I should probably so did you put have it on a button
4: st- on the last one.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still kind of getting used to what, like the facial recognition is wild to me. The I'm, I'm behind. I got the iPhone 8. I in, Immediately I hated it. Absolutely hated it. It's bigger than my hand. Like it, I dropped it constantly. And I was like, well, there's no way this phone's going to last because I can't even hold on to it. Um, and typically iPhone for me lasts about two years before it starts messing up. And uh, here we were three and a half years in and it was still in pretty good shape but my kids need something to do their music lessons with and their Spanish lessons with. And I didn't want to buy a whole new iPad because they've dropped my iPad like four different times. So I went and upgraded and I gave them that phone to do, to do work with and everything. But it was still good. Like three and a half years in, it was like minimal glitches and, uh, and, and I, and it was, you know, a couple of cracks in the screen or whatever. But I'm 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 blown away at how
4: long that phone that I didn't even like lasted. Dude, you will be surprised at the technology upgrades that have happened in the last three and a half years, buddy. Wait till you see how powerful that your phone is. Regardless of whether you're a Samsung, I mean Android or iPhone person, three and a half years is a long time for a phone. But we will start today with Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley, who's the head coach at Oklahoma. He all of a sudden he has core beliefs about transfers since his quarterback Chandler Morris wants to leave. Here is what Lincoln Riley said.
5: Yeah, I mean, I would I would first say on it, you know, this this particular situation for us is about something that we believe in. Uh, uh, myself, the leadership here at OU, we think it's unhealthy for college football. Uh, to encourage intra conference transfers um, now that doesn't mean that we're against people being able to transfer to other institutions any other institution we want i think that's a that rule obviously has been changed i think it was a good rule to change and you know now players could have the ability and freedom as they should to be able to go to any school they want but i do think the inter conference can complicate things and i think there's I, I the world of coaches understand the big picture and understand all the that's gonna bring along a lot of negatives that I just don't know that we want in this game. And uh so what? This is the same
4: dude. I understand that there were different circumstances surrounding the Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, and Jalen Hurts transfers, but the NCAA has changed its rule, and the only person now blocking it is Oklahoma for this kid, Chad Morris. Same thing that Washington did to uh, Colton Yankoff and a new kid right now that's trying to transfer to UCLA. Garbers, yeah. Yeah, and I, the, to me, this is cartoonish because now all of a sudden you have core beliefs about transfers. I, the, your coaches leave all the time. You have staff move on when it's best for them. But the, to me, this looks like a, a fear about, Oh, well, well, the, this all of a sudden, this will hurt the other teams. This will hurt us. You're making $9 million a year. Figure it out. The, a different standard for coaches and
3: players makes no sense to me. So uh, you need to immediately forfeit. You need to immediately forfeit the right of your assistants to take other big 12 jobs. Thank you. Or you're just a loser hypocrite a rich loser hypocrite, but that's what you are. And so, I mean, you want to talk about core beliefs, but it's applicable for some and not for others. You would apply it to somebody else, but not to you, even when and it's the exact same paid. thing. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm. if it's a core belief, then you got to put your money where your mouth is. And you need to say that, like, we, we need to have a setup within the conference that does not allow coaches assistant coaches or head coaches, to take a job at another school within the Big 12 the next year. And do you know why they would never agree to that? Because it's bullshit.
4: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So unless
3: they unless they come up with something that says that that's what they're going to do for their coaches, then there is no other way. No way to interpret this other than self-preservation and hypocrisy. So that's what we're going to interpret it as until he comes out and says, all right, so no coaches are allowed to move uh, intra-conference. And and, and that's just going to be the way it is. And I respect Lincoln Riley. I think he's an absolute uh, genius of a coach, but this is a matter of absolute truth. And I want to speak directly to Oklahoma fans when I say this next thing. You don't have to agree with what your head coach says just because he's your head coach. And I want you to pay real close attention over the last 10 years to the amount of times that the goalposts have been moved on what's acceptable within college football and what's not acceptable. It used to be nobody liked transfers of any kind because coaches didn't like transfers of any kind. And then when transfers allowed for you to get a boost, especially at Oklahoma, the transfers are fine as long as you follow certain rules. And then when grad transfers came out and you're able to get Jalen Hurts in your program and he's able to elevate you even more, then you're for that. And now you're for everything but this one thing just because the coach says he's against this one thing and that it's a core belief. Notice that your goalposts move along with your coach. You don't have to agree with him just because he's the head coach of your football. Game. You should have your own standards. You should have your own logic. You don't have to form your opinions based on the opinion of somebody else. It makes you look like a child. Don't be children. sheepish. Sheepish. Yeah. Absolutely. So when I see you in George's mentions or when I see you in Sooner Scoop's mentions, part of the Rivals Network, saying like, oh, I agree with Coach and, and his logic. But you, you better be able to stand on your own two feet and say why and not just because uh, you got Boomer Sooner in, in your uh, in your Twitter bio. Why? Dude. Why do you think that this is OK?
4: Yeah, it Explain. is. The, to me, this is about fear and control. That that coaches fear a loss of control if players can transfer and move as they wish. And then they're like, oh well, well what if what if they take what we're doing and go to another school? Most of the time when they can already
3: do that if they're sitting. Thank they can already do that if they're sitting. Uh, a quarterback I know that I used to cover, Daryl Gerritsen, he tried to transfer from Utah State to Washington. And this is why University of Washington should know better. He tried to transfer from Utah State to Washington because Washington, or Utah State kept bringing back Chucky Keaton. So he was like 28, yeah. 29 years old, just kept bringing him <laughs> back. Um, and Daryl Garretson had finished off two seasons for Chucky Keaton. And then Chucky Keaton decides he's going to come back again. And Daryl Garrett realizes like, unless Chucky Keaton gets hurt a third time, which nobody would root for, I'm not going to get my opportunity. I've already started parts of two years. I want to transfer to University of Washington. And Utah State had Washington on their schedule the next year, and they blocked the transfer. And so Daryl Garretson ended up as, uh, I think, a two-year starter at Oregon State. Um The idea of outright blocking a transfer is one thing because you're saying like, oh, there's going to be some type of competitive advantage. He'll take our playbook there, whatever. But to say that you support transferring within the conference as long as you have to sit a year rather than play right away. Explain to me what the difference
4: is. Because the kids need consequences, Ralph. There's there's consequences in life. You you are supposed you made a commitment. You're supposed to stick to it, Ralph just like the coaches who have commitment contracts. Oh, do they believe that? Do
3: they believe that and they flipped a kid from Arizona State on signing day whose dad was a was a was a high school football coach and had a bunch of tweets about commitment that went back a couple of years and then that kid ended up transferring out of uh, out of Oklahoma the, the next year. Do they of do they believe they that didn't. when they're
4: out there trying to flip kids? No, of course right. not, Ralph. It's, it's hypocrisy at the highest level, dude. Right. When their defensive line coach,
3: Jamar Kane, landed three of the top kids out of Sacramento to Arizona State, including one of them being his own nephew. His own nephew. Did they have any problem offering Jamar Kane double his salary to leave his nephew behind to go to Oklahoma?
4: Of course not, Ralph. Of course not. Th- this is, this is, I like Lincoln Riley as a coach, but this is lame. I And I am full, I full well understand that I can say, I like a coach, but he's dead wrong about this. These things are okay in life, people. It is okay to have somebody that you support and still say, you know what? I think you missed the mark on this. And he damn sure missed the mark because he won't hold his coaches or himself to that same standard. Guaranteed. George, how disgusting is it to have a core belief that applies to someone else? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have a core belief yeah i have a core belief it it do, doesn't apply to me it only applies to other people that's how core core beliefs work in 2021 <laughs> ralph i guess yeah, so exactly um the next thing up daniel snyder the owner of the red oh jeez, of the washington football team is he's buying back the uh the 40% plus owned by the minority owners. So he owns like almost 60% of the team and he's paying 875 million dollars for a little over 40% of the team. 450 million dollars of that is going to be debt paid by the NFL. And well, uh, basically he, the NFL is going to carry the debt and he has to pay the NFL back. And he's doing this because the NFL, the minority owners have tried to force him out and that and force him to sell. And he's like, nah, I'll I'll just buy the whole rest of the team. So Washington football fans are pissed off. They're like, yo, why? Um, that, that they were saying Dan Snyder sell the team. And he's like, wait, what? Oh, you said buy the whole thing. No problem. And I looked at it, I was like, all right, hold up, because there were some rumors about Jeff Bezos buying the team, and I'm wondering if Daniel Snyder, who's on the team for 22 years, is positioning for a cash out, because at at $875 million for 40% of the team, you're looking at a little over $2 billion for the entire franchise, right? Like you're looking at something right. like $2.2 billion for the entire franchise. The Carolina Panthers, who don't have the history, are in a smaller city. Well, not technically in a smaller, smaller city, but they're not as historical of a franchise. They sold to David Tepper for $2.4 billion. There is more money coming in with the TV money. So instead of the NFL teams getting $280 million checks from the league every year, before they even have any licensing or fill up the stadium or anything like that so the value of that is going to almost double to like three and at to like 450 480 million dollars a year plus so that means the value of the franchises are going to go up so i'm wondering if he's getting a discount to sell the team to jeff bezos for like five billion dollars
3: Maybe I, I think did, didn't they have some some internal beef w- with each other? Is he just trying yeah. to drive the price up on Bezos and get as many uh, as much money as possible? I, I the biggest mistake that uh, Washington franchise ever made was going with Dan Snyder because there were several groups that were that were bidding to purchase uh, Jack Kent Cooke Stadium and the Redskins back in the late nineties. Um, one of them is actually somebody who my dad's done a bunch of work for who owns the Biltmore Hotel and Resort out here in Phoenix. His name is Sam Grossman, and he put up $600-plus plus million back in the late 90s and was the high bidder at the time um, to, to purchase the Redskins franchise, and they went another direction. And, and every single thing since then has been a, ma- a massive mistake, full of scandal, full of discord, full of media distrust um, and, you know, ill tri- treatment of people, ill treatment of players, um, and just losing. Just lots and lots and lots of losing. And now that it kind of finally feels like they're working their way around to being uh, a decent, not a model modern franchise, but a decent modern franchise, um, the idea that... That anybody would be on board with giving more control to to Dan Snyder is is wild, and so I guess it's one can only hope out. that that's the plan. Is that is that ultimately the plan is to um, is to have full control in the hands of Dan Snyder, so that he's able to essentially control the the bid for. Um, for the franchise, because the the only thing that ever happens with these franchises is the values just go up and up and up because they're a limited resource. You have people say that God's not making any land, but like the real status symbol in the age of there being hundreds and thousands of billionaires out there is what team do you own? Yep. And so, and if you can own a team in Washington D.C. Um, and, and be seen as the savior of that that franchise away from two decades of ineptitude. Then you know I'm I'm sure that people would be willing to pay a pretty penny for it, especially when guys like Jeff Bezos, you know, they they can have their net worth go up
4: ten to twenty billion over the course of one good day. Right, dude. In the 22 years since Dan Snyder became the owner, Washington, well, in the 22 years before Dan Snyder, Washington had won three Super Bowls, played in five NFC Championship games, and won four of them. And since in the 22 years, since zero Super Bowls, zero NFC championship games. And of course, that means they won zero. So this team has been absolutely just just treacherously bad. Um, But the question is, can Jason Wright and Doug Williams, who Jason Wright's the first black president uh, of an NFL team and Doug Williams, who's their vice president of player personnel, I believe. Can they save it? Cause it, cause this roster looks good minus quarterback. And I think that Dan Snyder, cause he wants to win. He wants to, he's a prove everybody wrong. I can do it my way kind of guy. So he may luck up because he hired the right people finally. But if I'm, if I mean, like if you're already a billionaire, how much is a cash out really worth to you? You know what I mean? Like, like if you're already a billionaire, you have businesses you have cash already like what use is a what use is a cash out when you could just be an absentee owner right i feel
3: that way and i think that's a normal way for normal people to think about things but i don't think people became billionaires by having normally wired brains <laughs> i think i think there isn't there's an insatiability there that just the common folk don't
4: don't get i i no 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 I'm, I'm i'm saying what so i don't see a reason why he necessarily would want to quote unquote cash out when he doesn't have to
3: yeah i i get that and at the same time you know who knows what he can turn around and turn five billion into you yeah know? true yep maybe, maybe maybe he's like one of these other billionaires that wants to go colonize the moon And I'm sure there are a lot of Washington football (laughs) team fans that wouldn't mind.
4: Hoping
0: that that's his desire. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Terms and conditions apply.
4: Uh, The next thing is Krispy Kreme. It will give you a free donut every day of 2021 if you have been vaccinated. The Miami Heat are going to have select opportunities for, well, that they're going to create a vaccine section inside the games. You're going to have premium seating, premium access, all of that if you've been vaccinated. And that got me to wondering: that is this moving us closer to mandatory vac- v- vaccinations, and people being forced to carry around their vaccination card if they want to get into buildings, they want to get into restaurants, if they want to get on airplanes, all of that.
3: I was talking to a friend last night, and they uh, they, they were they were bringing up the idea that uh, the that some Major League Baseball teams are considering having vaccinated and unvaccinated sections, um, where would you want to sit, George?
4: Listen, that, that feels <laughs> strangely like the back of the bus, front of the bus. Like it, all right, man. I, I don't. I, I would rather sit in the vaccinated section with the vaccinated people, being being myself though, who who's yeah. currently unvaccinated at this point. So as I'm waiting to see whether I'm going to do it or not, like I, yeah, I, I'm I got, not so, a no, but it's a I'm a wait and
3: see though. I got a friend who's kind of a crunchy mom against the 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 idea of a lot of the mandates that have. Also a small business owner. Um, you know, pretty apolitical as a person, but didn't like a lot of the restrictions that were put on them. They live in California and run a business and uh, didn't like a lot of the restrictions that put on were put on them, thought a lot of them were, were nonsense and went pretty far into debt to make sure that their people were, were taken care of. And then uh, the nice thing is some some people put a GoFundMe together and, and, and made them whole, which was really great. But I've been listening to a few things that they've, you know, and I don't think they're behind the idea of, of, of getting vaccinated, but they're also like super pro healthy lifestyle. We all know people like this that are more natural, you know, herbal remedies, healing and stuff like that. And, um, I don't shut anybody out like that. You know, I'm, I'm I'm listening to kind of what they have to say. And, and one of the things that she had posted on social media that really made me laugh was like, we're really going to like sugar people up with Krispy Kreme as a, as a, um, a way to make them more healthy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, And so it just – it always brings me back to this thing that we never really spent a lot of time and energy on the fact that this disease really messed with people who had compromised immune systems and there are ways to better your immune system. And we didn't talk about sleep. We didn't talk about just like therapy for stress. We didn't talk about exercise. We just talked about isolating, right? Because that felt like the one thing that was easily – more easily controlled. I'd like to see more companies um, like LA Fitness offer like three – Free personal training sessions to somebody who has a vaccine. Then I would like to see Krispy Kreme say, "Here's a free donut every day for a year." You know, so I there there I, I get what you're saying and the point that you're trying to make of are we one step closer to um, societal pressure just kind of pushing the idea of like the the cool crowd all gets vaccinated and if you're not then you can't participate in society. Um, but. The 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 side of it for me is like I I think incentives are the way to go, but donut companies shouldn't be leading the way.
4: What? Why did? So, so like so I don't even take it as who's giving the incentive. It's just the fact that there is an incentive that scares me more than anything else. Um, like that. That's the that's the thing that scares me is that. Is that then forcing people to be vaccinated, which which means that that if you have to carry a vaccine card around with you, then that will become more and more common commonplace. And it's funny because I'm usually the against the slippery slope um, arguments. But this to me feels very that you can see what's coming almost that mandatory vaccinations. That they could become a thing, especially it. But for what? So you're talking for concerts, movies. Cor- what well, It's correct. not going
3: to be for a taco shop down the street. Cor-
4: correct. But I'm wondering that. It, I mean, it could could be for flights. It could be for all, all sorts of things, like they like and they're why meditating. Though? Why though? Because real IDs. But right,
3: but the reason that, that that it would be mandated wouldn't be out of an interest for public health, it would be out of a fear of liability. Okay? But So take some personal responsibility for your shit and yeah, maybe companies means, wouldn't be so afraid of getting sued that they make you get a vaccine to get on an airplane.
4: But doesn't that mean as well that 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 companies, right? That companies And then if the if the government is pushing it, that that the companies are pushing it, that then that puts you in a position where these conspiracy theories and the conspiracy theorists are now validated in what they were saying. Like, like, no, they're forcing people. There are these microchips that are going to get in, get in you. This is like we're watching the beginning of the minority report, essentially. That where it's they're gonna be like we're headed toward that what that was the Tom Cruise movie where they could predict whether you were thinking about committing a crime, right yeah, yep
3: yeah uh, pre precognition yes, yes, great movie
4: Ex- exactly so that's a that's a that's a question that I think that we're gonna remain to be seen. It just doesn't feel comfortable to to me though for. I I get the incentives because public health is an important thing. But, na- but also, I understand the slippery slope and this could go left. Um, the next thing up, though, is. Oh, <laughs> is the NCAA. The NCAA had the women's tournament. Is going on and Mark Emmert, the president, has just. Like he's just allowed this whole thing to be botched up. We already talked about the the testing, the women getting the antigen test versus the PCR test that the men are getting every day. We talked about their swag bags that we showed on the last podcast. So go back and listen to that. If you um, haven't, we talked about what? what? Oh, we talked about the. Um, well, well, oh, the weight room that Sedona Prince put up. Weight room. Yes. <laughs> yes, the weight room. And there was the issue as, as well of the pictures, where the pictures and the transcripts from the events, from the games, aren't available till after the Sweet 16. And I'm just like, what? Because the men's are available every single day. And I got a chance to interview yesterday Lindsay Snell, who's a correspondent for the USA Today. And she talked about how that the women's tournament is held at the individual schools for the first two rounds. And the so that means that the NC, that it's the schools that usually provide the support staff for the pictures, the transcripts, all of that, that the schools set it up. That they're used to doing it in stores or Eugene or wherever else where they are always hosting tournaments. And she was like the NCAA didn't care to fix it. They didn't care to make sure that they had the support. And they're making five hundred million dollars off their ESPN deal. I know it's not the billions like the men are, but five hundred million dollars is not something to laugh at. And then you found out, Ralph, what they're doing to the women now.
3: Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to remind me because oh. now we're on we're on an absolute laundry list of of <laughs> no, no grievances. I'm, I'm, I'm,
4: okay, so the coaches, right? So, each school was allowed a travel party, I think, of 34 people. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, so each school has, has a travel party. They have a certain amount of people that they're allowed to bring along with them. Um, and interestingly enough, um, if you have a child uh, in the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament, they – count against your um your travel capacity the amount of people that you're allowed to bring with you including if it's a nursing infant who has no way to not come with you (laughs) so um right 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 so then somebody else who might have been able to come along can't go because you had to bring your baby um, So this uh, article uh, you interviewed Lindsay Snell. This is this is in um, USA Today. It says when the NCAA announced plans for a bubble tournament played entirely in Texas, it told teams they'd be limited to a 34-person travel party that includes everyone—players, coaches, trainers, administrators, and children. If coaches want to bring their kids into the bubble, they'd count against the total, even if it was a nursing infant. So coaches like. Lindsay Edmonds, who is the head coach of number one seed NC state, um, decided she wasn't going to bring her two daughters. Um, but she did, uh, bring a six month old who is nursing and then her husband had to come along to help. So then she has to leave half her family behind and then bring the other half, um, and yeah, and then she doesn't know how long that they're going to be in the tournament. Obviously, they're a number yep. one seed and they're in a bubble. They could be there for a long time. So she's a mom and she's there without their kids. And, you know, we do all this female empowerment. You can have it all stuff, but they literally cannot have it all. Because yep. that would mean that they, they would the have to, to sacrifice a trainer. Right. A yeah, Dia Barnes, who um, is a very uh, – she's elevated the program quite a bit in a short time and has also been very outspoken in her time um, as an as a Arizona – head coach and and she had just had a baby. Um and so, you know, it, this whole thing of like you have to feed your baby, but that means you might not have the correct amount of staff to be able to make sure that you're as successful as you could be um within the bubble uh and so you know, some of the criticisms were that the the NCAA doesn't have enough female leadership to see that this is kind of ridiculous and they compare it to the WNBA which is run by women um, and uh, and and show how their bubble experience was a little bit more successful so I don't know man that we I don't it feels like just an avalanche of issues coming out of the fact that you know there's always been a discrepancy. But now that they have to make adjustments, the amount of energy put into making adjustments for men versus women just has accounted for this avalanche of discrepancies between um, between the two genders. And it's I don't know I, I I don't know what to say at this point. Like the NCAA is going to have to completely reformat the way that they're doing things because it's it's a it's a PR disaster. But you're also going to get to the point where like. You might have the coaches strike yes, on behalf dude, of they, the student athletes.
4: Yes, it's it's a it's criminal, dude. You have Don Staley all pit, pissed off and Nell Forner, the coach for Georgia Tech, after they lost, she wrote a a letter, an open letter, posted on Twitter. Thank you. NCAA, thank you for using the biggest three weeks of your organization's year to expose exactly how you feel about women's basketball. An afterthought. Like, she eviscerated them. And then she went on to say, um, would it be acceptable to give women inferior inferior textbooks at a university and cheaper cafeteria food because of their perceived cash value? Dude, she eviscerated them. And it was necessary. I thought it was excellent. And I'll post it in the show notes. Um, so you guys can see it as well. Cause she posted it on Twitter. I was like, damn, (laughs) like she even took what Don Staley did and made it seem tame. Yeah, I, I love it. I do. I do absolutely love, uh, the
3: forcefulness, forcefulness, directness, um, and, and, and just, um, the, the fervor uh, with which some of these female basketball coaches are are going to the mat for their student athletes. I really, really appreciate um, the advocacy there because I, I genuinely think this, George, and, and you can tell me if you think this is a ridiculous take, but I do think that if there were more female leadership within the NCAA, the lawyers ranks, everything like that, I do feel like, student athletes would be getting taken care of a little bit better, including the ability to, to profit off their name image and likeness, because the battle for um, student athletes to have an increased share in the ever increasing pie is the same battle that just women fight in everyday life in different corners of society. Yep. And so it, it really makes you feel like if women were running the show that, 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 at men at least in the in the capacity of of NCAA athletics would be getting a better deal. No way. And Ralph, now that this is something that I'm starting to root for. for. Them.
4: They don't know what's best for them. They're <laughs> supposed to be in the kitchen, Ralph, come on, right? <laughs> Get out of here, dude. That's nonsense. <laughs> oh yeah. Are we gonna bring are we gonna talk about some more core beliefs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. We we have core beliefs. <laughs> About the way women should be uh, treated. Um <laughs>
2: Terms and conditions apply.
4: Now it is time for cancel or consequence. Our segment of the show where we say was a person canceled or did a person receive consequences? Now, here is the first thing. The NHL put out a statement that they have a referee who will no longer be calling. NHL games now or in the future, he said it, it was very definitive because here is what happened. He, well, he got caught on a hype, a hot mic saying this. It wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against
5: Nashville early. In
4: the- so he said he wanted to get a penalty against Nashville early. And it like, I know it everybody's, you know, you know, their draws in a wide, you know, sent, sent the draws in a wide, panties in a bunch. But I was like, this is normal. Coach, like, we yeah. learned from the Tim Donaghy yes. thing that refs go into it with an agenda, they are human beings. I, yes, it's it, so I get the outrage and the NHL had to do it because of optics, but this wasn't that big of a deal to me.
3: No, the NHL was just protecting themselves. You're not allowed to say the quiet part out loud. They would have absolutely no issue if he had not said that, but then if, uh, if one of the coaches had said after the game, it really felt like they were just calling penalties um, because they wanted to and not because there was anything there, who would have got fined? The coaches, the coaches would have faced a fine. And so that can happen as long as you don't say it out loud. And we all need to be on the same page with this. This is not a matter of opinion that can happen as long as you don't say it out loud. So he got fired for not for his behavior, but for tipping his pitches for giving the game away, right? This is something that absolutely happens referees and umpires have personal relationships with players, personal vendettas against teams, ways that they would like to see the game officiated. They have different strategies for refereeing going into every game. They have meetings about all this stuff. We learned a lot from Tim Donahue, but we also learned a lot from when just data and analytics were introduced into who gets technicals and when based on who's refing and what city, yep. like you can actually see patterns and certain referees have issues with certain players. I mean, wasn't there one last year with James Harden yeah. involving like a really specific ref where like every yeah. time that ref oh, was it on was, him. It
4: was when Chris Paul, I I, I forgot his name. It's it, But then also it was the same thing with Chris Paul, but they were he was reffing game seven where the Oklahoma City Thunder were playing against the Rockets. So one of them had to win because <laughs> they both have losing playoff records when he's when he's the head official. And I just thought it was funny, and, but one, yeah. of, one of them had to win, and I thought the NBA did a good thing by putting him on that game. I was like, yo, this is genius because they both can't complain.
3: Yeah, so I would put this under the category of cancellation because I don't think that – I I think that they're acting like we're stupid to say that there needs to be a consequence for a thing that we all know and understand exists. What they're saying to us is we know this exists. We've seen it. We've complained about it, but actually we've been wrong the entire time. And this guy just accidentally proved us right in a one-off like, no, the referees have personal vendetta. They're human beings. It's part of the excitement of what we did. He should have been reprimanded, but like fired. Come on. Like what all that they're telling the rest of the refs is like, better make sure your mic's off before you do this exact same thing tomorrow.
4: Yep, (laughs) exactly. Uh, So was was he canceled or did he receive consequences? Canceled. He was canceled. He was absolutely canceled. He should have received consequences. Listen, they just didn't want you to know what happens in in the dark. Um, The next thing up is. um, Oh, the uh, next thing up we have is our best of social media best of social media today, there was one thing that stood out to us more than anything else. And that was shrimp inside of the cinnamon toast crunch box. And if you don't know what this is, uh, so on Twitter, what's his name? Uh, Ah, I forgot his name. He's a Uh, a writer and a producer, but the important part is he's, Married to the girl off of Boy Meets World, right? Topanga, yeah. Yes, he's married to Topanga, and so so everybody forgot about the shrimp tails in the cinnamon toast crunch because it's clearly shrimp tails in there. And then in the other bag there was floss, and he was like, "Yo, I'm not joking. Not pl- <laughs> yes, there was floss in the other bag. So it was clearly now, people didn't like believe it because his name is Costco.
3: Yeah, his name is Jensen Carp." And he's a comedian and writer. He's married to Topanga, Um, and and so a lot of this is like people just thought it was fake because um, his wife, whose name is actual actually uh, Danielle Fishel, uh, who played Topanga on Boy Meets World, has actually done like sponsored posts for Cinnamon Toast Crunch.
4: Yeah, so like he didn't try to embarrass Cinnamon Toast Crunch. He's like, yo, what the hell is going on? So question is, how did the shrimp tails get in the Cinnamon Toast Crunch?
3: I don't know. Uh, Shrimp tail, somebody eating, somebody eating on the factory floor is the only thing that I can think. That's the only thing that I can think is, is that it was somebody eating on the factory floor.
4: Yeah, I, I, I just thought it was funny and but also ridiculously gross as well, because, listen, if I find some shrimp in my cinnamon toast crunch, I'm going to need some cash. I'm going to need some cash for for my trauma and for my uh, pain and suffering.
3: Yeah. So there and they're saying that there was so Cinnamon Toast Crunch reached out to him publicly and said, after further investigation with our team that closely examined the image, it appears to be an accumulation of the cinnamon sugar that sometimes can occur when ingredients aren't thoroughly blended. We can assure you there's no possibility of cross-contamination with shrimp.
4: Bro, that's a shrimp tail. (laughs) Ralph, hold up. Let me zoom in on this. Let me zoom in on this picture. Is that a shrimp tail? Yes, it's a shrimp
3: tail. so and then and then they want him to send the stuff to them, and he's like, "I'm not gonna send it to you like Why? You're, there's zero because there's zero chance. you tell the truth about this. like you're already out here saying that my picture proves that it never happened.
4: Yeah, so so, what would you do to solve this situation? Would you, like, send it to an independent laboratory?
3: That's uh, what I would
4: do, because I want the truth.
3: I guess. I, I feel like the damage is kind of done here. Um, the damage is kind of done here because he's not suing them. Yeah. He's not like trying to come up off this or anything like that. Yeah, it could be a social media out. hoax, but it like, again, people have pointed out that they've like posted about cinnamon toast crunch a bunch of times, like being their favorite cereal. So I, what, what's funny now is how he, he's turned this whole thing into be like, if you're a social media employee, please don't speak for your company on matters of importance. <laughs>
4: right. <Exactly. laughs> because.
3: Yeah. But he said, uh, hold on. He said, um, I'm a comedy writer, but there's no joke here to take down my favorite cereal brand. I don't even know why that's a funny joke. I love cinnamon toast crunch. It's the only cereal I eat. I own the Kyrie Irving Cinnamon Toast Crunch Nikes. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I love it. Um What would you, you got- do? What would you do if there were shrimp tails in your cinnamon toast crunch? Would I would do on? exactly
4: what I would do exactly what what he did. I don't need money. Just if it's my favorite cereal, send me a bunch of boxes shrimp tails free, and I'm good.
3: Yeah, I mean, and you need to know, like, if there's somebody on your factory floor eating, eating shrimp <laughs> and tossing it into the mix, some people are allergic to shellfish. Some people religiously can't eat shellfish. Like, you, you, you got to figure that out. He's yep. doing you a favor.
4: Exactly. Don't make it worse. Yep, exactly. You guys have been watching Reister or Wrong. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. We will catch you guys on Friday. Peace out. See you later.